This week on the Federalist Radio Hour. There's you know, some civil libertarians on the right that would be very staunchly and, and have been supportive of uh, people like Edward Snowden. But also on the left, there's increasing, I think, trust of tech companies. And- Subscribe to The Federalist on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Folks, our great nation was founded on the principle that all men are created equal. But far too many of our nation's colleges and universities, including those in the Ivy League, continue to insist on using race as a factor for admissions. The Supreme Court is deciding on this very subject right now. But there is a unique American college that doesn't discriminate based on race. It never has and never will. It's one of my favorites, Hillsdale College. Hillsdale was founded in 1844 to educate all persons, irrespective of nationality, color, or sex. And it continues that policy today, admitting students on the strength of their character, their ability, and intentions, not their heritage or background. Dr. Larry Arn, the president of Hillsdale College, recently published an article explaining Hillsdale's colorblind policies and its related refusal of government funding, even indirectly, in the form of federal student aid. Read it for yourself at Dana4FORHillsdale.com. And after you read it, please consider supporting Hillsdale with a year-end gift. So please, go read Dr. Arn's article today at Dana4Hillsdale.com. That's Dana4Hillsdale.com. The answer, like free speech is more free speech. That doesn't work today. Yeah. Not in the age of exponential lies, not in the age of, of at a time when, and frankly, journalists bear the brunt of this, right? Because I've never been, Don, I see the attacks, you know, it's like we've never been at a time when we're so individually, personally vulnerable. Because information warfare uses free speech to stifle free speech. You say a lie a million times, you pound someone to silence. Okay, I'm going to really try. I'm being tested today. I'm being tested. I'm going to really try here. I I had to close my eyes and pretend I was somewhere happy listening to that soundbite. That was a CEO. It's, It's a war on free speech. It's a war on all the things. Welcome to the show. It's Wednesday. How is it Wednesday? Golly, it's already Wednesday. Your moderately tolerable curmudgeon is here. And we, uh, I, I'm just, I kind of, y'all have to forgive me. I have a little bit of whiplash because literally like six months ago, these same people were all, Twitter's a private business. I saw a montage where it was all these people saying, I don't need, you guys know this, I don't need to play it for you. But I saw this montage where there's like a million people saying, Twitter's the private business. They can do what they want. Leave Twitter alone, it can do what he wants. And that was when Republicans were talking about using Section 230 to, because Jack Dorsey and all of the fascists at Twitter, they were abusing the users. And there was a lot of discussion. Now, now it's, we've gone from, and I sent this out to you in your email prep for those of you who subscribe to Chapter and Verse on Substack. I sent this out to you because now we've gone from, in six months, Twitter's a private business to the government should totally take it over. Because there are people now calling for the government to take it over and regulate it as though it's some sort of public utility, which is the stupidest thing I've ever heard of. So that was the CEO of, I, who was that? I don't even care. I don't, so much don't care about these people except to use them as examples to all of you. Uh, Maria Ressa. That's perfect. Maria Thank Ressa. you. Uh, so, it's a true, true story. True story. So, 
the ongoing war on speech, and this is why I think we're all we're, we're all a little nervous about some of this stuff because it's very close in the House and very close in the Senate, and Democrats could actually, if they wanted to, and I think they have the will to, they are, because they're threatening Twitter right now. They're threatening uh, Musk. They're threatening, I mean, it's, it's just, it's, it is one of the most unbelievable things I think I've seen in American culture. But it just goes to show you, statists are only happy if they can control it. If it's not in their control, then it's a threat to them. They're not worried about being censored. They're worried about you not being censored. Yep. That is the whole point of this. And I've had a couple of you reach out, and I, I explained this in a piece that I published last night called The Left's McClintock Effect Over Twitter. That's a very snarky headline. Do you know what the McClintock Effect is? That's what they call women's cycles syncing up. They say, oh, the pheromones uh, influence each other, and women sync up all at once. So basically, I'm saying that the left is having a one giant, massive uh, menstrual freakout over <laughs> Twitter. So it's classier way is to say the McClintock Effect. But my point was, and I said this yesterday too, because some of you and I get it. So you, you guys are like, what, what is some some people out there are like, Dana, we're not, we're not on Twitter, we're not in this stuff the way that some of y'all are. You don't have to be. That's the thing. You don't have to be. You know why? Because the people who create the entertainment you and your family consume, they are. The people who determine what your kids are going to learn in school, they are. The politicians that are determining how much to tax you, they are. The policymakers who advise said politicians, and they're trying to come up with ways to push you into super expensive EVs and everything else, they are. The people who determine narratives, who write the history and write the headlines, they are. So even if you are not on it, that is the significance of what this platform does and is for you would not have the tea party without this platform that's not a joke and i say this is one of the actual one of the individuals that put it all together helped put it all together online and on twitter and over the phone and kicked off all those years ago you wouldn't have had that without because that's how they or, that's how that's how grassroots organized. It, they were so successful on social media, particularly Twitter, that the left created what they called netroots to try to figure out how to counter the conservative influence on social media. Social media was conservative when it first kicked off. It was dominated by conservatives. It was used most successfully by conservatives. And so now you see why they were pressured to develop algorithms and to artificially administer to suppress shadow ban, whatever, because the left could not compete. That's how all of this came to be. The left couldn't compete because their ideas are awful. I mean, so that so this is ultimately what they had to do. By the way, you want to know what the funniest thing that I have seen this month is? The funniest thing that I've seen is when a lot of progressives decided they were going to take their ball and they were going to go to a different platform. And their platform is named after an extinct animal, which is very fitting. It's called the Mastodon. They, they, no one, apparently they don't think that far ahead on optics. 
So they went to Mastodon. And then they lit, they, I'm not kidding you, they all started reporting each other over differences of opinion to the point where a lot of them came back to Twitter. It's all over. They're so, oh my gosh, it became, it's a running joke. They all went to Mastodon and then they, most of Mastodon is now progressives complaining that they are reporting each other on everything because everyone was offended over everything. So they all reported each other. And so most of them ended up coming back to Twitter. It was (laughs) the dystopian hellscape that they so wanted. It didn't go over very well. Now, I've really, I've got to start with this piece because I wrote this. I sent this out last night. And we're going to get into a whole bunch of stuff because I've got, actually, I'm going to kick this one down because I want to get to the respect for Mayor Jack. So we're going to continue on with Musk versus the world, which is really ultimately a cutie little title for free speech. It is a battle on free speech. Uh, Yesterday, the Senate, Passed the not really what it supposed not really what it does named respect for marriage act. It doesn't actually respect marriage or do anything. It's the dumbest thing ever. Obergefell already did all of this. States were already uh, or be- because of that ruling, the Obergefell ruling. States are already they they have adopted and acclimated to recognizing same sex couplings, same sex unions. And this, so the protections were already there. No one was losing any benefits. No one was losing anything. But there was an aside that Clarence Thomas, he was talking about uh, substantive due process and things of this nature and, and basically, you know, leftist court actions. And because everyone likes to, you know, there's no nuance in this world and everyone interprets everything literally. And progressives wanted to. They wanted to be able to have something that they could cite as a way to uh, try to, to, they wanted to really honestly go after and challenge dissent. And that's the thing, Obergefell was, it, it ensured all states recognized however people wanted to have a union. That's what that ruling did. And there is literally no legal challenge to it at all. Not right now and not ever, because unlike Roe v. Wade, and it's so stupid to compare it to Roe v. Wade, it's so dumb to compare and say, well, you know, there could be something else that comes up that could ta- that could challenge this. It couldn't because Roe v. Wade was not determined on ultimately what they were they were alleging that it was determined on. They kept saying that it was about, you know, a woman's right to choose. But what they did is they shrouded it in this argument about privacy and they bastardized it to the point where it was logically invalid. And even the the progressive Supreme Court justices, everyone from Sotomayor to Ginsburg before she passed, were saying, yeah, there's at some point there's probably going to be a challenge to this because it was predicated upon a false assertion. I mean, it was a straw man argument that they tried to that they that they that's how they made their determination. They had to, it was the most, it's goofy. I don't know why they did it. They shot themselves in the foot with the manner in which they argued Roe v. Wade. So that was the thing that undid Roe v. Wade. Obergefell is completely different from that. I mean, they were actually arguing about the particular point of the, of the whole thing, the actual issue. So the argument that there was ever going to be a challenge to that is incredibly specious. There's nothing that's coming up in the, there's nothing coming up in the courts that's, and nor will there be a challenge to it. But what they wanted to do is because in that ruling, there isn't a way for them to target individuals who dissent. And that's ultimately what now this bill has to go through the House. Now, keep in mind, and it will, because Pelosi is still there. 
and they still have to do the changeover. It's not done yet. Their terms aren't done yet. But ultimately, uh, that is what's going to happen. The, the House has to approve it. It did pass the Senate. And it's going to be a chilling effect on religious liberty. Absolutely. The, the, the legislation, I mean, the, the, the way that they, that they pushed it, there's no protection at all in this quote-unquote Respect for Marriage Act that says that if you are a church, if you are an institution of faith, et cetera, et cetera, you do not have to be forced to accommodate, you know, X, Y, Z, or, or include or anything like that. You can't force a church to host a same-sex ceremony, things of that nature. Everything that you saw with the Jack Phillips bakery story is going to, it's going to be that on steroids. Everything you saw with Baronelle Stutzman and Arnell's, uh, the flower shop that she ran with her mother, you're going to, that's going to be on steroids. All, it's going to be full on persecution. I'm not exaggerating. It was purposefully omitted from the legislation, any protection for any faith-based institution. So now the tax-exempt status of any religious school, any nonprofit, is entirely up for debate. Any faith-based adoption agency, any faith-based contract, any of that. The bill was never about, I think Roger, Roger Severino said it was never about live and let live. It was all about punishment, which is true. Now, the Senate did vote on Mike Lee's First Amendment Defense Act, and it almost got, it received near unanimous support. And all of the same Republicans in the Senate that you would think voted to pass this, the Romneys, the Murkowskis, Roy Blunt of Missouri, I'm glad that he's, I'm glad he's out and Eric Schmidt's taken over. You're going to actually have a conservative in the office. Wow, imagine that. One of Roy Blunt's final moves was to drop a deuce on Missourians. Who knew? So we're going to get into this because it will pass the House and now people of faith will be targeted. That's not an exaggeration. That's exactly what this bill does. So we're going to talk about that. Also, coming up, uh, China vows more crackdowns on hostile forces, except it's they're not hostile. So this is their own people. So we have that. Uh, Joe Biden. I actually had to look up flanker back. What in the is it an old timey position? Flanker Yeah. Flanker back, though. We should we need to talk about it. Uh, the latest as well with uh, with what's happening in Georgia. We have. Uh, oh, goodness. New robotic policing. Oh, my gosh. We have a ton of stuff for you. Wokery, uh, energy, and uh, whether or not your Christmas tree should be artificial or fake. So we, we're going to have a war. We have all of that and a whole bunch more on the way. Did you know the tart cherries are an important superfood? When it comes to promoting metabolic health, they are a powerhouse. But if you're not looking to chug two cups of tart cherry juice a day, you need to know about new tart cherry gummies. Tart cherry gummies from the makers of Super B Tart Chews are an easy way to reduce inflammation from exercise and they support immune health. Just two tart cherry gummies are the antioxidant equivalent of 16 ounces of tart cherry juice or 100 cherries. They're vegan, non-GMO, they have zero sugar, and are simple delicious. Tart Cherry Gummies come with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Try them risk-free for 90 days and see how you feel. If you don't love them, send them back, no questions asked. Right now, you can get up to 35% off Tart Cherry Gummies plus free shipping at buytartcherry.com slash Dana. This is their best offer available anywhere. That's buytartcherry.com slash Dana for up to 35% off Tart Cherry Gummies. Buytartcherry.com slash Dana. 
And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. Did you guys watch U.S. versus Iran yesterday? It's Pulisic, correct? His name, yeah. Pulisic. Pulisic, right? Pulisic. Pulisic. I will guarantee I'll butcher your name. Give me a name and I'll butcher it. It's a bet. You can put bets on me. I mean, I wondered about that because he ran into, we were on air when he got that goal. And he ran into that goal, that that goalie. And I thought, oh man, I wonder, that looked like it hurt. I think I saw a leg go into her groin. He actually had to go into the hospital. He scored the goal uh, that took the, the U.S. men's team over Iran uh, on the win yesterday. Now they're going to go and fight, fight. Now they're going to go and play the Netherlands on Saturday. Uh, and according to all the media, he was back at the team hotel before his teammates returned from the game. He said he's going to be fine. Uh, he was sidelined. He had a hard collision with Iran's goalkeeper. Scored his first ever World Cup goal. Uh, and so he laid on the ground for a little bit. He got treated. He went to the hospital, got checked out. And he does have an abdominal uh, in- injury, but he said he's going to be okay for the game on Saturday. They match on Saturday. So cool. Uh, pets. Uh, I got that one. I got a couple of other ones. Oh, here's the one. Here's the one I wanted. Housing prices. This is like the seventh headline I have. Housing prices are continuing to... Well, it's not, it's bad. The average rate on a 30-year fixed-rate mortgage was 6.58%, more than double what it was the year before. And the rate on average for a 15-year fixed-rate mortgage was 5.9%. Nine months straight, sales of existing homes have fallen. And existing home sales have plunged by almost 6% in October. Bad times for the economy. China vows more crackdowns on hostile forces and the left's McClintock effect over Twitter. Stick with us. Black Rifle Coffee Company is helping you knock out your holiday shopping. If you have a coffee lover on your shopping list, Black Rifle has the best coffee brewing gear, thermoses, mugs, and apparel, all designed for folks who love America. Stuff your stockings with all of the highest grade American roasted coffee and become a holiday hero by joining the Black Rifle Coffee Club. Set your coffee delivery schedule to your exact preferences and it arrives at your door with no shipping fees. It's the gift that just keeps on giving. Looking for a patriotic gear and apparel for your friends and family? Be sure to check out all of Black Rifle's new clothing designs. Veteran-founded and run, Black Rifle Coffee Company takes pride in serving coffee and culture to people who love America, and each purchase you make helps support veteran and first responder causes. Head over to blackriflecoffee.com Dana to find my favorites and get all of the best merch, coffee, and apparel in time for the holidays. That's blackriflecoffee.com slash Dana. Blackriflecoffee.com slash Dana. Listen to the Dana Show live on the Odyssey app. Weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Remember what he told us, that uh, inflation was transitory. Remember he told us that the uh, influx of illegals was seasonal, that the Taliban wouldn't take over uh, Afghanistan again and again. But now we're just weeks away from the busiest season of the entire year of Christmas. And our whole infrastructure can shut down based upon this administration's negotiation with the rail. This pro-union individual who has failed once again and he's asking government to step in to try to solve this problem but he's begging the house and senate to do it just to take the bill up tomorrow when people have not even read it golly people haven't even read it that's kevin mccarthy talking about how the white house has reached out and apparently isn't i think he's meeting or he was going to be he, he was meeting about his lame duck uh lame duck congress I uh, met yesterday with Chuck Schumer, Kevin McCarthy, I think McConnell as well, and Nancy Pelosi to try to figure a way forward there. But 
what gets me though is I mean, this seems like this is one of those things where we could have there's a lot that could have been done in order to avoid this. I want you to listen to this though. Audio soundbite 17. This is a very odd soundbite from her. Listen to this. We all know that for too long the railroads ownership have made obscene profits on the backs of workers. Selling out to Wall Street and its outrageous precision scheduled railroading, they've slashed jobs, increased hours and cut corners on safety while demanding more and more from the workers. Hmm. And rather than reinvesting their profits into the workers, over the past decade, they've given $150 billion in handouts to their corporate executives and wealthiest investors. Hmm. There's a, this is a long story. I was reading some of the history of how we got to this point because I always like to look and look at all of the off ramps that we could have used before. You know, this has been going on, I mean, for goodness, a year. They said that. Uh, they'd only they worked with the National Mediation Board, the unions, and uh, apparently they had uh, what two two months of work. The union requested in June. Parties wanted to be released from mediation. Um, there hasn't been a lot of really talk of railroad strikes after the what was it the Railway Labor Act, and with so this is. I think that's why this seems so weird to everybody because you just haven't had a lot of people like, wait, what? Rail strike? What? It is kind of ironic, as Kane notes, that she's talking about making obscene profits because, I mean, her and insider trading. Yep. So there was a 124-page report, and this was uh, issued after the, this was after the second, the second deadline. There was, I'm pulling this up. There was a, uh, a report that was issued that got into the issues that you know she was mentioning there the wages and what was being proposed bonuses and all of this and i mean this has been actually it's been going on for over this This has been like since january of 2020 and negotiations have been delayed it was they were delayed by the pandemic then they were delayed because there was some they they weren't able to reach any kind of an agreement um and then there was the mediation board that got involved to help figure everything out. And then the mediation board, that's when after it was just two months and then they, that was it. They were like, we're done. We're, it was it, it not, it's not going to happen. I think what was it? Uh, Railway age said it was the shortest, one of the shortest times on record. And so this first came up in looking at Biden's involvement in it. In July, according to I have a cup a handful of different sources here, and he was looking at arbiters that arbitrators that could uh, meet with both sides and weigh the merits of each side's argument, and they kept going past deadlines. And I mean, it, it's just it's this has gone back and forth, back and forth. I wonder if it would have been resolved though if it hadn't like earlier if it, we hadn't had all the stuff with lockdown. I haven't seen any pieces yet on how lockdown actually really exacerbated this issue. The rail employee health plans, I have to say they have better health plans than I do. Railroad railroad workers have better health plans than I do. They have platinum under affordable care. 
on the, uh, the Obamacare. So that's 90% of the cost that's covered. That's literally better than, I'm not kidding you. <laughs> so 90% of the cost benefits covered by the plan. Uh, they were, they were, I think that was one of the things they were going back and forth over. They wanted, they were, they were, they were going back and forth over, over healthcare and all of this other stuff. Here's the, the issue though is, I mean, this is something that you're only going to be able to, to figure out with legislation. And the reason why I do think it's a little bit disingenuous that they had some of these labor bosses that waited until after the election to get everything solved because they, I think, well, I mean, let's look at historically at the relationship between bosses of large public sector unions and the Democrat Party. So, I mean, you're looking at, I mean, although I mean, you're looking at Biden, who always would brag that he, he voted against railroad workers. What is it back in the 90s? So I don't know how he all, he says that he's the most pro-union administration in the White House. That's kind of funny. In fact, let me pull this up. He uh, yeah, he voted against uh, in 1992. He didn't. So that's kind of interesting. Huh. Isn't it? There's always something in his past that comes back out and bites him. So they could, the unions, from what I understood, they could have accepted the deal along the recommendations that the PEB had given them. And that it was kind of in their court at that point. And, but they wanted to try for better terms with Democrats. They wanted to wait and see what was going to happen. And I think it was kind of honestly uh, dragged out until this point. They wanted to wait and see what could happen and see if they could get uh, better pay raises or, you know, what have you with Democrats in office. So I, I don't know. Do you think that Congress is going to act and it seems pretty bipartisan at this point? I, I don't because that's not something that Republicans want to have hung on them. Uh, but, you know, we'll. I just can't imagine how bad it would be, though, because I mean, think about it. You basically have the part you have D.C. by the throat. You have them by the throat. I, I mean, you're you're we're already coming up on an energy crunch here in December. The I just gave you a bunch of headlines about a housing market retail Black Friday. I keep seeing headlines for and against that. It, that I mean, they seem mixed. I think that the now the numbers are still being tallied, but. It seems as though it wasn't the big, you know, Democrats were promising that Black Friday retail sales were going to be great. And apparently they, they haven't been, which we could have told you that. Uh, but this would just I mean, you got you got everybody by the throat. I mean, can you say it's fair negotiation when you I mean, look, I would do the same thing. I would wait until the conditions were right, wouldn't you? I'd wait till I have somebody by the throat, too. That's just the art of negotiation. However, man. There's a, there's a lot of stuff that could have been avoided. A lot of the, a lot of stuff that could have been done to avoid this. I mean, they only started talking about this in the press widely. Just what in the last couple of weeks? I mean, they have a very I, look. You you can. This is not I, whether you like public sector unions. I don't have an issue with private unions. Whether you like public sector unions or not, you can't deny that there is a very symbiotic relationship between the bosses and the Democratic Party. I mean, come on. Open Secrets tells you where those donations go. So, you know, you'll forgive me if I raise some eyebrows at some stuff here. We, um, oh gosh, I have so much and I want to get into more of this. Uh, let's see, we have, oof, I have a whole section on freaks. 
This is crazy. Now, I don't own anything Balenciaga. And I don't really pay attention to the stuff that they come out with, except I think their shoe socks are dumb. But I know y'all have seen those ads that they've had. They're, I think they were trying to be, they wanted it to look art house, but it's actually, it was just bizarre. So they had, there's been fierce backlash. They're the ones who came out with the kids with the teddy bears that were in bondage gear and all this stuff. And the bag that was over the Supreme Court case that had to do with child pornography. And then there was another image that, another set of images that came out that showed this act, this, this actress who was sitting at a desk and she had, uh, Behind her were books of one of the, I think, one of the creatives involved with Balenciaga, and they had uh, castrated toddler paintings in those. I, it, it, it's, look, at this point, it's beyond coincidence. Don't you agree? It is beyond a coincidence. So Balenciaga has started now finally addressing it. They had a, a statement out, and they were trying to explain what their campaigns. They said that they didn't mean to... You know, the gift collection should not have been featured with children talking about their teddy bears and bondage gear. Yeah, they said it was a wrong choice. You think? Then they talked about the business environment that had the child pornography case. And they said, oh, these were all provided by third parties that confirmed in writing that they were fake office documents. And they turned out to be real legal papers, most likely from the filming of a TV drama. They were unapproved. I mean, it just sounds like passing the buck, passing the buck, passing the buck. I mean, to me, it sounds like this is way too often that they're doing this. And there's even more than just those three instances. And it just, so they, it was kind of an apology, sort of. Now you want to know what, it's interesting, here's a fun fact. The CEO of Balenciaga's parent company, do you know whose husband that is? Sama Hayek's husband. Really? Uh-huh. Now I don't believe that they're weirdos. But I don't, I, do, I, I think that there are people that work with that company that have, have, or that run that company that have no idea what's going on. Because some of the stuff, I mean, in, in this day and age, where you are convicted by association, he uh, apparently also owns an art auction site that sells child sex mannequins with all kinds of uh, copulatory organs instead of mouths or noses. Yeah. I think they need to fire some of the people that work for their company. It's what it sounds like. But here's the even what gets weirder instead of asking why, because it does seem like a mainstreaming. You can you can see I mean, you can understand why people are up in arms about this, considering what their kids were reading in schools, considering the hormone abuse and teachers insisting on telling elementary school kids about their sex lives. Clearly, you can understand and with the drag brunch shows for all ages instead of just keeping it adult, you can understand why some people absolutely and without judgment have the view that yeah this is being mainstreamed because it is what else is the purpose of this new york times decided to try to run defense after the view tried to run defense they immediately say it was pretty much a republicans pounce headline they said oh balenciaga's again playing into the hands of the right by have, why is a condemnation on disgusting behavior by one entity somehow an offense committed by the people criticizing that entity it doesn't make any sense new york times ran a piece it said when high fashion and QAnon collide but it's i don't even know what that means why does that even a thing this is not a QAnon thing you had a kid holding a bondage bear that's representative of a sex object a kid 
a little kid that looked like she was like four or five years old. You had a, a actual uh, court decision about child pornography on a desk underneath a bag. You had another shot in which you featured books where there are castrated toddlers paintings, literally paint, paintings of castrated toddlers. I'm not exaggerating. How in the hell is that QAnon? What kind of disturbing sicko freak defends this stuff? Some, some people need Jesus. Some of y'all people don't need stuff for Christmas. You need Jesus to come down here and just stick his holy foot in your backside. Good grief. How many, <laughs> the whole New York Times editorial, it's just crazy. They said two new Balenciaga campaigns ignited a firestorm that traveled from the internet to Fox News. But no pieces on, wait a minute, what's Balenciaga doing here? Why do we have now actual companies that are making money off of this stuff? Mill Media runs defense. So coming up, a few things. So San Francisco is proposing allowing robots to kill suspects in rare, exceptional circumstances. Now, they say this was brought on after watching the ambush in Dallas. However, this is also the city where their futuristic public toilet just broke down on day three. And I just can't help but think if you're going to allow robots to kind of like, what is what, what do you mean robots are going to make this determination? The same kind of programmed process that Twitter and Facebook run on? I just, I don't know. There's so many things that can go wrong here. We're going to talk about that. Also, why did five cars rented by Biden's Secret Service burst into flames in Nantucket? Caltech Innovation is back to back. You've heard me talk about Caltech's P50 pistol. Now here comes the new 9mm P15 carry pistol. Quality engineered, the 9mm P15 carry pistol is the lightest, thinnest of its kind in Caltech's first striker fire handgun. And as another first, the P15s feature a totally unique patent pending 15 round extended magazine. Now, other features include ambidextrous grip, safety, reversible mag release, and the hybrid fiber optic night sights with full adjustable rear that all comes standard it's from Keltec, inventors of subcompact polymer and now metal handguns the p15's gator grip texture on the polymer version increases stability and makes for easy accurate handling while the all metal version offers comfortable but positive traction and a really beautiful wood grip panel the p15 is the dependable firepower you need to secure your world see the new nine millimeter p15 first up close and personal at keltecweapons.com that's k-e-l-t-e-c weapons.com the dana show i actually just i don't know what the soundbite is i'm gonna have to play it for you coming up but apparently biden was joking that his wife would abandon him for an indian reservation What? yeah i don't know he goes he goes if i hear more about the navajos than i hear about me you all think i'm kidding don't you i don't know why does he speak and say these things i'm putting this in slack apparently this just happened good heavens that plus flanker back and everything else who knows so coming up uh, this is fascinating. San Francisco police are now they're proposing to use remote controlled robots in emergency situations to be able to use lethal force. They're promising people, look, we're not giving the robots guns. They're just going to have some explosives. Oh. So, you know, so different, right? So different. We're going to talk about that. Plus the latest with China, the railroad impending railroad strike, war on free speech and more. Stick with us. 
It's hard to understand why anyone would keep voting for record inflation and skyrocketing crime. Likewise, why would anyone keep funding the left by sticking with big mobile carriers? Patriot Mobile is America's only Christian conservative wireless provider, and they want to make it easy for you to try their service. Give them 60 days to earn your trust. And when you try Patriot Mobile for two months, you get your third month free, plus free activation. Patriot Mobile offers nationwide coverage on the best 4G and 5G networks, and they use the same towers as all three of the major carriers so you get the same great service while supporting a company that's fighting to preserve our god-given rights and freedoms visit patriotmobile.com dana or call their 100 u.s based customer service team at 972 patriot if you're fed up with woke companies that don't care about your values support a company that does make the switch today and get a free month of service plus free activation patriotmobile.com slash Dana. That's patriotmobile.com slash Dana or call 972-PATRIOT. We did big tech censorship bill two years ago. It's gotten caught up in the courts. I think the U.S. Supreme Court's going to accept that case for this term. Texas has a similar case. There's a conflict in the circuits. And so whatever the states can do to protect people's rights, to engage in free expression. And you know what some of these companies do, they get a lot of benefits from the government, as you said, patent, things like that. The social media companies get liability protection. And yet they turn around and they use that protection to marginalize voices they disagree with. So I think from the congressional perspective, though, they need to look at antitrust uh, Mm. with these massive companies because they are exercising massive amounts of power over our society. It's a really good point. Welcome back to the program. Top of the second hour, your tolerable curmudgeon here with you. You can listen coast to coast. Dana Lash here the nationally syndicated radio program. You can also watch the simulcast on the first YouTube, Facebook, wherever simulcasts are sold. (laughs) Not really. That's just those three places. So that was last night. The Florida governor, Ron DeSantis, who was speaking with Tucker Carlson on his remarks because he spoke out. That's a big thing to speak. And people need to be speaking out about this, specifically as to whether or not Congress should look at antitrust if... If Apple does indeed remove them from the App Store. Now, I know some people say, well, you can just use the browser. But at the same time, the App Store and in-app purchases and all of that, I mean, when you're able to snuff out your competition like they did with Parler, don't we, I mentioned this yesterday, didn't I? Mm-hmm. When, they, when Parler had contracted with, uh, contracted with Amazon Web Services in order to provide... Uh, their their their, their the experience of using Parler and then Twitter under Jack Dorsey pushed them into dropping them and terminating that contract. You can build your own platform, but they'll try to run you out of it. They'll try to take it away from you. So, I mean, that is a very I mean a very real thing that Congress would look at if you have a company that is you know has this monopolistic control and is able to squelch out anything that provides a platform for many for any differing voices and it's it is interesting and he remarked on this as well because DeSantis at Apple was using their authority to protect the CCP yet they're limiting speech in the United States and I, I Apple wants to be competitive and they want those they want the dollars in China they want the Chinese dollars that's what they want and so they're willing to bend a knee to an extent to make that happen just like you have Hollywood films that give that willingly give rough cuts to or, unfin- or not final cuts to the censors 
in Beijing so that the CCP can view it and see whether or not they think that it's appropriate or that, you know, they're going to they're going to allow it to go. And I, I think Quentin Tarantino, remember, he he submitted once upon a time in Hollywood and they asked him to take out the stuff with uh, 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 Brad Pitt that it was one of their opening uh, opening sequences. And Quentin Tarantino was like, I'm not taking anything out. You can pound sand. Not happening. So never released there. It was, there were a couple of films recently that they didn't release there. Anyway, long story short, people want those dollars and they, you know, they, they're willing to bend a knee in order to, to, to play on that field. Yeah, they, wanted, they didn't like the way that the Bruce Lee and, and Brad Pitt scene went because they didn't like the fact... They thought they felt that Bruce Lee was humiliated. I just thought it was a funny scene. And they were demanding that that be removed or that Bruce Lee looked like he beat Brad Pitt's character in order to satisfy the censor board. And Quentin Tarantino told them to go pound sand and took his movie back and said, I don't care. I don't care if it gets a show in there. It's pretty cool. So, it, I mean, it really, it, it is, a, there's, there's a clear... Do they actually find dissent here in the United States? I mean, I just, I'm trying to understand. I get political partisanship. But to think that a challenge to your opinion is more dangerous than what's happening in China is kind of crazy. I mean, it really is. I'm not just saying that to say it. That's nuts. That is absolutely nuts. I mean, if, you, if you're assisting the Chinese government with stifling dissent or speech, then you are a partner with them. I explained how yesterday they only in China, phones sold in China, they had a, uh, the airdrop feature only works for 10 minutes at a time. They, they disabled it. I saw this piece over in Wall Street Journal. It says Jimmy Lai faces communist justice in Hong Kong. That I know, communist justice is meant to be an oxymoron. And this is an individual, he is a freedom fighter. He's an international hero. He spoke out against the communist revolution. That uh, He spoke out uh, what against Xi Jinping. And this, to see what's happening, he's a, I mean, he's a man of faith. And he stayed in Hong Kong. He didn't leave. He stayed in Hong Kong, businessman. And they had to destroy everything about him. They had to destroy his businesses. They had to destroy his newspaper. They had to destroy as, as uh, everything. And so he was arrested. I read a story also the other day. It was in, uh, included it in your email prep. Uh, Jack Ma, the Alibaba founder, he's been in Japan for six months. He's not, he will not go back to China. Let me pull this up. He's, um, he will not go back. Not right now, not with everything happening, not without the, the, sh- the crunch on speech. I, I wonder, I kind of wonder if they wouldn't arrest him as well at this point. But he has, has a, I mean, Jimmy lies actually, I mean, he's spoken out quite a bit, but for, these are, these are like Jack, he's a billionaire. I mean, Jimmy lies is, he's, a very wealthy individual as well. I mean, he's a billionaire, billionaire. He had, what, the last free publication in Hong Kong? They arrested him. They arrested his editors. 
And so now he's going to, I was reading this, apparently he's going to go to quote unquote court. He's been in a jail cell in uh, Hong Kong and he's going to be 74 years old on December 8th. But the communists are so afraid of him, they keep him in a jail cell. That's how terrified they are of him. That's how terrified they are of speech. They keep him locked up. Where does that sound familiar? Oh, right. Mm-hmm. So Jack Ma's been living in Tokyo since the tech crackdown in China. Someone spotted him, I think, uh, buying stuff at a store. And it is a huge issue. And Apple, you can't separate Apple from China at this point, especially when talking about free speech in the context of Twitter and Elon Musk. The, I mean, not even to, the, the problems with Apple was that they were talking about the factory in which they make 80% of the latest base models for the iPhone 14, uh, over 80% of the high-end Pro models, and their economy is on the cusp of disaster. They had 6 million people in and around that iPhone factory under a five-day lockdown in Beijing. And off and on with different industries locked down. Morgan Stanley had predicted that they're not going to they're not going to be shipping anything out of that factory for the remainder of the year. Reuters says fifty percent of Apple suppliers are in China. Apple relies on China to an egregious extent. I mean, it's an it's not only their base manufacturing, but it's a and I know that they have taken steps to try to repatriate some of that or, and to relocate some of it to India. But still, as is, the significant chunk of their manufacturing, I mean, it's a critical site. And they, it's also a huge market. Apple uh, in China generated 15.5 billion sales. So that's a huge, they don't want to lose that. They don't want to lose that market. I mean, you can't sit here and say that you're, you know, a good corporate citizen and a good corporate partner and turn a blind eye to what's been happening over there. And there was a, let me pull this up. This was in Time Magazine. And this was back in October of 2019. Apple removed Hong Kong protesters' crowdsourced police tracking map from the App Store at the request of the Chinese government. I mean, that's, the CCP wanted it removed. And they faced, they were facing some backlash because they hadn't at that point. And so this was all during the uh, Hong Kong protest. It was the app called hkmap.live. The, the creators, that was their site. And they confirmed that it was delisted. They told this to Time in a, in a statement. And Apple said, well, it was used to ambush the police and endanger citizens. But there's no evidence that police were ambushed or that anyone was endangered. But there was tons of evidence on video of police going after citizenry and beating them in the street and arresting them and throwing them into the back of vans. I mean, that's that's nuts. They said, oh, the app displays police locations. What were the police doing? They were enforcing brutal responses to free speech demonstrations in Hong Kong. The app didn't promote any kind of criminal activity. Here's the problem. 
with the issue of China, because it's easy to say, and it, I mean, and, it, and it's very easy to criticize all these people that enable them. It's easy to criticize the NBA, their expansion teams. It's easy to criticize Disney for wanting to kowtow to the market and also using their labor up in the Xinjiang province with the Uyghurs. It's easy to criticize all these. But you know what? And uh, I mean, we have to very uncomfortably all indict ourselves. Do you actually look on the back of things that you purchase to see where it's made? I mean, Kane can tell you. I go try. I try to go to a hilarious extent and as much as possible try to avoid buying anything manufactured in China. If I find something that's made in Taiwan, I'm like, yeah. It's so difficult, though. Have you tried? I mean, there's so it's so incredibly difficult. Case in point, you know those, um, you know, because it's starting to now finally get chilly in Texas. So I was looking at uh, what are, what are they swe- sweater shutter tools, just to get the sh- the fuzzy sheds off sweaters. You know how hard it is to find something that's not manufactured in China for little things like that. You'll lose hours of your life trying to avoid purchasing things manufactured in China. And our the way that we do business here hasn't made it easy. We have ridiculous, we have some of the highest business taxes in the, in the world. And people act like they're shocked. They vote for the people who implement them. And then they act like they're shocked when manufacturing is outsourced. I mean, that's... What did you think was going to happen? There's cause and effect. So you can, we can do all these things. We can have, you know, the NBA stop what they're doing and Disney stop what they're doing. But do you know the biggest, if we were going to look at every individual as one singular entity, the biggest corporate interest is the people who are dependent upon cheap manufacturing and cheap goods. That is the biggest, singular, biggest corporate entity is we the people. So everybody has to take a step. Now, I'm not saying become isolationist, and I think that that's a stupid, ridiculous, straw man response by overactive imaginations and hysterical people who aren't interested in legitimate conversations. But I am saying that you would like to be able to repatriate enough business that you aren't so wholly dependent upon China that, you know, if you could run, run into an antibiotic shortage if tensions were to inflame further or a chip shortage, I mean, for crying out loud, it should, no one should be that dependent on someone else so that their entire sustainability as an, a sovereign nation is affected or threatened with, uh, with trade like that. That's just, it's, it's irresponsible governing. We're going to talk more about this because it's, it's one thing to talk about it, and it's one thing for the GOP Congress to talk about it, but what are the plans? What are they actually going to do? I think DeSantis has spoken out more than some of them. By the way, he's coming out with a new book, which is a sure sign that I think he's leaning towards a 2024 run than anything else. We're going to get into all of that and more here coming up. Did you know the tart cherries are an important superfood? When it comes to promoting metabolic health, they are a powerhouse. But if you're not looking to chug two cups of tart cherry juice a day, you need to know about new tart cherry gummies. Tart cherry gummies from the makers of Super B Tart Chews are an easy way to reduce inflammation from exercise and they support immune health. Just two tart cherry gummies are the antioxidant equivalent of 16 ounces of tart cherry juice or 100 cherries. They're vegan, non-GMO, they have zero sugar, and are simply delicious. Tart cherry gummies come with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Try them risk-free for 90 days and see how you feel. If you don't love them, send them back, no questions asked. Right now, you can get up to 35% off tart cherry gummies plus free shipping at buytartcherry.com Dana. This is their best offer available anywhere. That's buytartcherry.com slash Dana for up to 35% off tart cherry gummies. Buytartcherry.com slash Dana. 
And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick 5, brought to you by Caltech. Monty Python's Eric Idle says he wants to be canceled for his politically incorrect comedy. He said that the point was to upset people and insult the, the bourgeoisie. That was the whole point of it. He says that there's bullying going on in the name of decency. He said, I would like to be canceled so I can go home and read a book and not have to make a blank of myself all over the world, he told, he told the Telegraph. Oh, he's so funny. I do agree. The timing of when you put your Christmas decorations up apparently says a lot about your Christmas, about, about your personality, say psychologists. If it's, everyone, you know, the best time to put them up is when you damn well feel like it. That's it. They say if you put your decorations up before November, you're nuts. Okay, no, they didn't say that. I'm saying that because my opinion's the only one that matters because it's my show. But uh, apparently, like, if I, I does it matter really? And they say how long you leave them up. Also, I, I take mine down immediately after Christmas because. I just want to get on with the year. You know what I mean? I don't like leaving stuff up and I don't care what my family says. I'm not going to get bad luck or anything. If I take them down, come for the love. The U.S. Air Force is set to reveal the B-21, the most advanced bomber ever. And some of the pictures that I see are actually, it's pretty awesome. It's uh, they, they come out of uh, the Ellsworth Air Force Base in South Dakota and it's uh, hosting it. But yeah, they, it's really, this thing is Man, flat black and really cool. The assembly line's in Palmdale, California. Uh, Also, we say South Dakota Governor Kristi Noem signed an order banning TikTok on government phones, which makes total sense, considering that the CCP spies on everybody using TikTok. I mean, they they collect your data, so why would the why should government government officials should not have them on their phones? Egyptians are calling on the British Museum to return the Rosetta Stone, the dark gray granite slab. Seminal breakthrough in deciphering hieroglyphics. It was uh, taken by the British in 1801. Now Egypt wants it back. Stick with us. We got more in store. This week on the Federalist Radio Hour. I mean, how are Republicans and Democrats falling on different sides of this? There's you know, some civil libertarians on the right that would be very staunchly and, and have been supportive of uh, people like Edward Snowden. But also on the left, there's increasing, I think, trust of <laughs> some of these uh, tech companies and uh, their ability to, to help. I'm Emily Jashinsky of The Federalist. Subscribe to The Federalist on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Politics, pop culture, and whatever else gets canceled, tossed in a blender, paid for by sponsored hate mail. It's the Dana Show. Trump and Musk have something in common. They do not want to be held accountable. They believe they could act with impunity. I'm that's not gonna happen with me. If I if I see them behaving beyond the pale, engaging in, in race baiting, in hate, in anti-Semitism, I will call them out. Now I'll bring attention to it, and it must feel uncomfortable for uh, for somebody like Musk, who spent forty four billion dollars on this platform as an ego boost, to then have you know somebody like me, regular American, really call him out on it and get hundreds of thousands of people to weigh in, have my commentary seen by millions of people, and really, frankly, you know, kind of mock him a little bit for the kind of person he is. Captain Porkchop is such a badass. He's such a badass that he had his wife tweet at me from her account. I didn't even know he I didn't even know who she was or what she I didn't because I don't care. Oh, but she wanted she wanted attention. That's Alexander Vindman. Uh, He's the he's the uh, insubordinate individual who found himself in a bit of trouble. And he you guys remember the whole story with Vindman. And I mean, it's just yeah 
kind of that whole story kind of nuts with the NSC, et cetera, et cetera. So the issue that he's discussing and welcome back to the program is, well, Elon Musk, you know, he spent he bought this platform for an ego boost. I mean, do you just go on television to say whatever word pops into your head? I have to fill this time. So I'm just going to start talking and saying things. I'm going to hold him accountable. Okay, Captain Porkchop, you go ahead and you do that. Nobody takes nobody takes dudes like this seriously. Do you? Because I don't. Mm-mm, no, I don't. I mean, I think I, I I would be I would I find there to be more authority in a Walmart greeter than I do this guy. Yeah. <sighs> okay, speaking of Walmarts and stuff, I I'm re- I was really hesitant about discussing the story on air because I wanted to make sure it was real. And it sounds so stupid that I can't, I still, I mean, I, so far everything looks like it's real. Kane insists that this is real. Now, if you're wondering, okay, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? That's, is it real or not? Well, someone was saying that tractor supply, tractor supply, the tractor supply store was Hosting a drag queen story hour in Waco in all ages or something. And it they had the vendor. Now, I think there's a difference between hosting and donating. And I want to be careful here. I mean, because the way it was presented to me was that they had damn drag queens in the tractor supply store. That's the way that it. Why are you raising Kane's raising his eyebrows? I'm looking at the link you sent me. And it just shows vendors and it lists a track, the tractor supply foundation, which is seemingly like, I'm not making excuses for anything, but I'm just saying that because I, if it's in a, like a farm equipment store, I want to make so much fun of this, but I want to make sure that it was actually in the store. So when I'm Photoshopping drag queens on tractors, that it's accurate. You know what I'm saying? I'm just... I'm just one. This is in Waco. I mean, Waco is not Austin. So apparently, it was really. They said that. Oh, there's the. It's called out on the Brazos Brazos River, and blah blah blah. And they talk about uh, individuals blah, 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 and then vendors and blah blah blah. And apparently, tractor supply was. I can't even believe that this is a story. I can't even believe this is a story. Like, do you have to, what is the point of having tractor supply involved? I just think, are, are, are companies that desperate to virtue signal? I think companies are desperate to engage in the community. And I think this is what, I think tractor, tractor supply, supply was, was essentially we got to make sure that our tractors are appealing to everyone. Yes. I mean, I'm just like, what? When you look at a tractor supply, it just screams gay, right? I mean, no, no, no doesn't. Okay, doesn't. Are you telling me that gay people are afraid to go and buy lawnmowers there? I don't know about going to this tractor supply store. Those lawnmowers look aggressive. I mean, everyone loves lawnmowers. <laughs> oh sure, who doesn't <laughs> just, love a good lawnmower? I know I do. <laughs> this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. You're not serious. This is not real. This is not real. I don't believe any of you people. No, there's no way. Yeah, We're get, totally getting trolled. This is a 4chan thing, isn't it? Just like you, I've only seen the list that Tractor Supply was a vendor and maybe you know a sponsor of the event. 
I uh, don't know if they hosted it, although somebody on Twitter said they called Tractor Supply directly in Waco, and they confirmed that they did host it. So Hosted or like they gave money well, to it? They're, they're implying that they hosted it. So again, like you know, we have to be 100% accurate here. There is no... Because really if I'm going to make fun, I mean, you know right. me. I don't have the proof that they actually hosted it. I have secondhand information that that was possible, but we definitely have the information that they supported it financially. And this is a skit. It's a whole skit. It does it's a sound whole like a skit, yeah. A double snake skit here. I mean, this is. I just. Where does it end? You don't have to. And by the way, if you're having like a something on the brow, if you're doing like a a festival, isn't that just a money grab? If you're just having people give you money at that point, I mean, if you're gonna have an event, just go and have an event and do your thing. Do you have to have like vendors and all this? So here's this. This is one of the things that I was always the the killjoy about during the early Tea Party movement days because I was like, we don't need no permit. I was the rabble rouser who did not want to ask permission for anything and just and just maybe kind of fake apologize after because I just like, you're just didn't get together. Everything else is a money grab. You don't have to have official all this stuff. I just think that it seems like a money grab, but I've just, who at Tractor supplies like, well, guys, going to donate some money to this so uh, we can look like uh, we're pride friendly. I mean, you sell tractor supplies. <laughs> it's like a Buckeyes, isn't it? Tractor supplies like a Buckeyes. In my neck of the woods, we grew up with a Buckeyes. I guess everywhere else I got tractor supply. I mean, I, I don't know. I just, I don't have, I just don't know if I can go get my hitches and ball mounts unless I know where they stand on pride issues. <laughs> I I don't know, man. I just this is not. You got to be kidding me. Apparently, it's real. I all you. So many of you were sending this to me, and I was like, I don't believe you. I don't believe you either. I don't believe any of you, because it seems we're okay. We are in the stage of existence where reality is absolutely indistinguishable from satire, because it sounds ridiculous. This whole thing of having of of tractor supply getting involved in this, but yet. Yeah, it seems like, you know, we live in an idiocracy, so seems like, yeah, they could. I just, it doesn't, doesn't make it, it's just so, I just am trying to think why in the world they would need, you know, why, I need to, I, I can't go and look at pond care at Tractor Supply until I know where they stand on pride issues and drag queen brunches, because that's what every person who's going to Tractor Supply, Tractor Supply just screams drag queen all ages brunch, right? I mean, I'm looking at a giant light-up cow for the love on their site. It's 30% off. I don't know. I just, it's just, this is all stupid. This is all so dumb. Stop being dumb. You know, they have a red shed pre-lit faux greenery standing chicken. What? Don't know if I can get that red shed pre-lit faux greenery standing chicken along with my pond care supplies unless I know where they stand on. Stop being stupid, stores of America. No one cares. You're not, it's not like you're going to get an extra point in heaven. Oh, let's see. Let's look down the list. Oh, the tractor supply donated here. I don't know. There's a difference between hosting and donating money. And the reason that I'm sticking on that point is because if they actually hosted and anyone has footage of drag queens traipsing through the tractor supply aisles for the love of all things holy, do your nation a solid and send it to me. Because that's million dollar footage. And that's honestly, I really want to see that. 
I want to see that happen because the, the, the jokes will never end. Never, ever end. Okay, so a couple of other things here to hit on. The um, whole Respect for Marriage Act. This has, still has to pass the House. It passed the Senate yesterday. The same Republican senators that you think, the ones that you think would have voted for it, they did. They did. And the uh, hens on the view, talk about tractor supply. The hens on the view were discussing this, and this is how they characterized it. Audio soundbite 19. I was looking at it from the other side. I can see a difference. I can see that loving someone doesn't hurt anyone. If you believe that uh, providing an abortion is murder, that would be... So you're, you're looking at it through the... I'm saying trying angle. to look at it through the lens that's, from someone. I, I don't I see it as inconsistent. I think that's their position, but it, it's a little bit hypocritical because the Republican Party is now out of step with the country, right? And so if, if you heard Joy, the majority of Americans agree with having access to safe abortions, mm-hmm. with maybe some, some conditions, mm-hmm. and the majority of Americans believe in gay marriage and believe that there should be marriage equality. What was fascinating to me was they keep on calling this a bipartisan bill, a bipartisan bill. Well, only 12 Republicans voted for it. Yeah, but God bless them for doing it. At least those 12. But then you have someone like Mitch McConnell who is in an interracial marriage who voted against it. So that, I think, what? explains the entire <laughs> Republican Party. They are out of step with their base, but they think they're, in they are in Good grief. They're not the brain trust. So, you know, what do you expect? This is just, it's goofy. And I don't know why they keep, the reason they keep bringing up abortion is because the whole situation uh, with the, uh, they were ta- if Obergefell were ever to be, I guess, go the way of Roe v. Wade. And I was explaining how that's absolutely uh, ridiculous to assert something like that because it is ridiculous. It's all of this is the Respect for Marriage Act is not it's not anything about respecting for anything. Um, Obergefell already had you want to talk about the codifying same sex uh, unions. That was already states already had to recognize that it was Obergefell v. Hodges. I mean, that's. And so now anybody who owns a small business related to the wedding industry, you can be sued into oblivion if you, whether you're Baronel Stutzman with our, with the flower company, whether you're Jack Phillips with the, the bakery, uh, there are so many examples of this. Uh, you, by way of, of doing commerce, you have to forfeit your natural rights. That's ultimately what this is. And so it's going to be this on steroids. And they purposefully omitted any kind of exception for faith-based anything. Now, you realize how this could probably go a number of different ways. I, colleges could lose nonprofit statuses. Students could lose eligibility for financial aid. I mean, this goes a long way. This has nothing to do with respect or codifying any kind of equality for anything because Obergefell already, I mean, what was the point of Obergefell if not that? That's the whole thing. Then nobody was losing any protections. Nobody was losing anything. I mean, it is it was all the whole point of this and and the argument that these hens are making here is to try to say that anyone who opposes and there's gay marriage. And I think that there's there's same sex unions because people of faith will not be pushed into modifying their beliefs. 
their their faith and what they read in scripture to accommodate activists and that's kind of what this is I, nobody objects there's a, adults can enter into consensual agreements but what activists are trying to do is force religious institutions to basically rewrite god and rewrite the institution he created to include what they want to include and if you have an issue with that you take it up with the lord that's it there's to me there's a difference between a same-sex union and a marriage in which two people pledge before god there's a reason that whole ceremony exists it's not just so somebody can wear a dress and you can have all your girls up there and all your guys up there i mean it is a ceremony in which you pledge before god yourself to that other individual it is a religious ceremony and christians aren't the only ones that have them either it is an institution that 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 they did not create it is a ceremony for an institution in which they engage because it's a pledge before god so you're not going to i mean ultimately what they would like is to just is is to force people of faith to rewrite what god created in order to satisfy bending the knee obergefell already protected same-sex unions this is not about protecting same-sex unions it's about punishing people of faith christians muslims jewish people of faith because it's not just christians that have ceremonies and believe in institutions like this so that's what this is all about. And for them to sit here and try to equate it to anything else is just is just lazy and really uninformed. It's his life mission to make bad decisions. <laughs> it's time for Florida Man. I just think that if you got your mom's name tattooed on your chest, that you ain't going to get arrested for battery on her. But IB Times says otherwise, a 27-year-old Florida man grabbed his mama and threw her to the ground during an argument on November 22nd. It happened at their home. And uh, she was, she had, I think she had mild injuries, but 53-year-old woman, uh, they, he, and apparently it's, he got arrested for this six years ago. Same thing. Thomas Pinson, he got in an argument with his mom, Carmen. And uh, according to the smoking gun, it had to do with financial disputes and job-related drama. He has his name tattooed, her name tattooed on his chest, and he became upset with her, rushed her, threw her to the ground, and man, somebody did not get beaten with a flip-flop enough as a child. That's all I'm going to say. I'm just saying, he is, uh, he's in trouble, and he's going to face charges. She also needs to use a wooden spoon. I'm just you know, going to throw that out there as well. Uh, also, oh my gosh, this story is so crazy. The, the, um, the wide neck guy, do you guys remember this story, this feller? So he was, he went viral because he has the whitest neck ever seen on a human. Uh, and his name, literally Charles Wideneck McDowell. He became famous in 2018 when his mugshot went viral. Well, he got in trouble again. He has a million Instagram followers. This dude has a million Instagram followers. He was booked into Escambia County Jail on stalking and withholding child support. And a warrant was issued for his arrest. He finally... Uh, now he's got also apparently some other charges, including drug offenses and fleeing cops. His neck is literally wider than his head. I don't know how that's possible. How, I don't even know how that, it's like when you're, when your grandpa, your dad or uncle put your Barbie's head back on your Barbie and they mess it up. That's what it looks like. I don't know, man. Anyway, he's, uh, he's in some trouble, but that neck though, stay with us. We got more to come third hour on the way. <laughs>
Well, I think there are things that those of us leaders in the Senate and the House have a little more flexibility, frankly, than the administration. Mm-hmm. You know, this uh, the administration, particularly after the most recent meeting between Xi and Biden, um, to try to have lower some of the tensions. This is a we don't want a um, an active conflict to erupt. Um, I think those of us in the Congress have a little more freedom, and I think we can push the administration. But as you said, we don't want to feed the propaganda machine. Good grief. That's Senator Warner, who's saying that, well, we can't, you know, the Biden silence on the protests. They're trying to, they're trying to defend it. They're trying to say, well, you know, the Biden silence on the protests, you know, we just, we're trying to prevent an active conflict from erupting. Yeah, I was like, how can it erupt anymore? Welcome back to the show. Third hour, top of our third hour. You're mean, hateful, yet still somewhat lovable and amusing curmudgeon joining you at the top of this third hour. I have a bunch of silly stuff, but I also have some serious stuff, but I'm in a silly mood. So you guys know how this is, right? Like I, I it, it's... Wait, so just to give you some insight into the show, I'm going to I'm going to go to the hits in a minute. We were we were previewing the new release from Metallica. Metallica's got a new track out. I tweeted it. It's nice. It's very nice. It's a it's a it's so much better than anything else that's out there right now. And <laughs> hallelujah. Thank you for the Christmas present, Metallica, with the new music. We are we are very grateful. Thank you. It's, it's I'm going to buy all their things, all their things. Aren't they touring? Are they gonna? When are they torn? With Pantera. No. Yeah. No. Oh, we've got to go. All right. So now I'm totally distracted and I can't think of anything else. What are we gonna do, Kane? Uh, we have actually. I've so I've so many things I haven't even touched on uh, that we have to. We've been talking about free speech. We've been talking about the railroad strike. Uh, the uh, the latest with the war on free speech. And then this real just sissified response. Well, Biden can't talk about what's happening in China because they don't want it to break out fully into. But it's already I mean, how, what are you going to wait until they start rolling over people with tanks? Like, I mean, how long are you going to the fact that he was over there and these and I told you again, these protests predate the G20 summit. It was when the, the viral video, I think, started going around about that time. When they uh, the the in the Xinjiang province, the the apartment building that caught on fire and they had everybody locked in. So they, it would, they kept trying to say, oh, it's against the covid zero. It's against covid zero as though that was it, p- people are protesting a lot more than covid zero. They're protesting the Communist Party of China. A lot of the protesters saying she stepped down. Uh, you know, we played that ridiculous audio from John Kirby yesterday saying, oh, you know, the president doesn't need to speak for them. They're speaking for themselves with their blank pieces of paper because slogans are criminalized. But OK, I, it, I the fact that he was over there again, G20 sat down with Xi Jinping for three hours and he didn't there was nothing he got lectured to by Xi Jinping. Are we just made of different stuff than this dude? What is he in office to do? Just like finalize some business agreements? I don't get it. I would have been so mad. They'd have had to restrain me. So I, again, why I also cannot ever be in elected office, just so we have this understanding. 
You you don't you don't say well you know what since you basically you not basically you unleashed a pandemic on the world that forced everyone into lockdown for two years they think we're gonna have to start I think we're gonna have to have some penalties here we're gonna we're gonna have to we're gonna have to rediscuss our trade relationships and et cetera et cetera you don't have to go into an isolationist stance but you absolutely can penalize people for unleashing a pandemic that that destabilized the entire world for two years locked everybody down you absolutely can have some sort of response with sanctions, trade, etc., with everything that they've done. I just I'm so tired of this, this this lack of of courage. And when you see leaders acting so cowardly, it makes you wonder, well why are they being such cowards? Is it because they they've, you know, kind of eroded our military capabilities and our readiness? I it it there's a, a a million million questions, but the fact that you can't even nothing just nothing they haven't done anything. There's never been any. I actually think the issue with China is way more important than what's going on with Russia and Ukraine. Way more and way more dangerous. Russia is a, a stale fart. I don't know how else you want to put it. You got shaky leg McPillow face over there, Vladimir Putin. And then all of the aging commies that are right up there with him. Their, their economy, I know everyone's like, well, they still got a lot of money because the oil and gas, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, yeah, but it's still wrecked. I mean, have you, did you see that they're bringing out the hooligans? The hooligan, ar- the hooligan army? I read that this morning. It was one of those things. It was the one of the, I wake up in the morning and I look at what, <laughs> very interesting contradiction almost. I look at one of my Bible verses for the day. And then I go and I start reading the headlines. And that was one of the first headlines that came up. And I was reading it like, you've got to be kidding me. They, they are, they've been conscripting grandpas into their, into their military. They, they don't, they're not able, I mean, for, they've been getting their butt kicked for a year now by Ukrainians who are, who, who was it that said, that Dave, Dave Chappelle, he said they're home alone in Ukraine. They got traps. Kevin said all these traps all over Ukraine. So I'm not, you know, I think it all also could have been resolved uh, but that's a whole other story. But with China, this is, it's a dangerous situation. China's not going to get involved with Russia because they don't want egg on their face. But it's still a very dangerous situation. Their economy is not doing great. But I think that they're in, in some respects, a better position than Russia is. And there's a lot of trade that can be disrupted with China. Trade from other countries that are not China. There's, there's, there's all, there's a lot. And so the fact that you, they're just so terrified to even say anything is, I I mean, uh, just amazing. And just look at the fallout of this. I saw this story. It said data released under court order shows one in three among earliest populations to get vaccinated reported needing medical care, missing school or work or inability to perform normal daily activities. There was some data coming out discussing how the CDC was aware of the associated myocarditis with injections, and it was left off of post-vax surveys. All of this stuff that we've been put through. I mean, yes, I blame our leaders here, but I also blame China. And, and not a single one, not a, nothing brought up by Joe Biden, at least nothing in the transcripts or from aides or anyone else that indicated such. And you know that if he would have gotten tough with them, they would have paraded that out as propaganda. You know that. I, 
the, and the administration, I think, is is flailing on messaging. Flailing. The my friend Brian Kilmeade got into it with John Kirby because he was asking about everything from China to the fallout uh, after Afghanistan, etc., and the association with China and Russia. And John Kirby was not prepared for these questions, and he got sassy. They're they're flailing. What is their messaging? And then did you see the? Oh man, I got to share this with you. This I didn't I didn't have this on my list today because it happened while I was on air. But let me pull this up. This is something else. This is from Rochelle Walensky, director of the CDC. Well, it was brought to my attention while we were on air. She tweeted this quote. It's the 50th anniversary of the end of the Tuskegee syphilis study. Tomorrow I'll be joined by colleagues and public health leaders as we honor the 623 African-American men, their suffering and sacrifice and our commitment to ethical research and practice. I think the best response came from listener Keith, who replied, only a government official could memorialize deliberately infecting black men with syphilis and leaving them untreated to die in agony as some sort of noble sacrifice on the part of the victim. This is how they frame horror. That is exactly it. And it kind of shows that they've never learned. They never learned. I mean, everyone's familiar with that. What do you think the reason there's, I've said this when they started with the vax push, there's a reason why people have a legitimate uh, distrust of government pushing this stuff. There was no known treatment for syphilis at the time. And people and they and you had these African-American men, these these men in Macon County in Alabama. They were recruited as a part of this study. They were they wanted to look at the full progression of the disease. These were I think most of them were sharecroppers. Some had never gone into a doctor's office ever. And so they, they, they mean, it was just agony. And they studied, the, it was done at the Tuskegee Institute, now the university. They provided no effective care. The men went blind. They went insane. They had other very serious health issues related to it. And it was, the story broke later on. It had to do with um, a guy who was a, a disease investigator named Peter Buxton. And he was trying to tell his superiors that, look, what you're doing is wrong. This is entirely unethical. You, you've got it. You can't do this. And they, they studied it. The officials kind of like took a half-hearted look at it. And then they decided, no, we're going to go ahead and do it. They wanted to track all of the participants until all participants were dead. And then they were going to do autopsies and then uh, look at that data. So Buxton then... Uh, sent it over to the Associated Press and the AP broke the story in 1972. But by that time, I mean, most of them were dead and it had been passed on to a bunch of their kids at birth. It was just awful. So you can understand why people... So you have the woman who is pushing an experimental injection that doesn't, doesn't actually transfer immunity. And they're going to try to take a victory lap? Like, oh, look, we're, we're honoring these people. They're their noble sacrificed you preyed on people and you you use them as 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 experiments without even informed consent yeah which is just like you know kind of these what they're doing with the injections (sighs) just absolutely 
it's just inexcusable. And you wonder why no one has faith in these people. It's so sad. We have headlines on the way. And also coming up, we have, oh goodness, energy. In the Netherlands, they're telling people, stop farming. No more farming for food. I'll explain that story coming up because that's wild. But that's all the ESG stuff. The stuff that we're starting to battle here. That's already in a a well-advanced stage in Europe. We're going to talk about it. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick 5, brought to you by Caltech. So I'm looking at this headline that's by way of the New York Post, and it says the U.S. women's national team is going to get half of the money won by the U.S. men's national team at World Cup. And it's under the equal pay agreement signed this year. I think it should be equal eyeball agreement, by the way. Uh, Both teams are splitting the prize money for the World Cup. I have no idea why the women are getting any of it. Both teams then get $6.5 million because the men's team beat Iran to advance to round 16, and they're going to continue splitting the prize money down the middle, which is stupid. That is dumb. More people watch men playing than women playing. That's the bottom. That's it. And if women are ticked off about it, then get off your asses and watch women's soccer the way y'all watch Real Housewives and all that other stuff. This is so stupid. That's You know what? When women do that, you make yourselves second-class citizens. No one else does. You willingly do that. Just take the money on the nightstand. Ridiculous. Uh, Moving on, because this makes me mad. Uh, Pepto-Bismol as a coronavirus treatment? Apparently so. There's studies of this. I have not... There's a study of this right now. Uh, They're looking at patients treated with... I can't say the full name of it. You know the full name of it? Bismuth subsalicylate. That sounds right. Uh, Pepto-Bismol. It's they're they're looking at it's from University of Louisville and what they're looking at is whether or not it a basic OTC over the counter medicine for symptomatic relief uh, can can assist with that and so that's in phase four there it's interesting that's very so really as a coronavirus treatment apparently it is rich people living in Norway will have to pay to leave with the country because their billionaires are leaving. Their left-wing government is, has passed higher taxes and officials across multiple Norwegian parties. They're ending a five-year time limit on exit tax, taxes for unrealized gains, which is so stupid. And they're extending the rules to apply the transfer of shares to close family members living abroad. And it's going to apparently, according to Bloomberg News, going to happen immediately. Uh, so everyone, they're, they're trying to leave the country. And they, they said that anybody that has a net worth of $2 million up has to pay 1.1%. So to, to leave, that's your, that's your fee. It's like the, I mean, they're working like a, a criminal ring, man. Uh, let's see. Bi- Business Insider. A man won the legal right to not be fun at work. He would not embrace excessive alcoholism and promiscuity. He was fired from a consultancy firm in 2015 for not adhering to the company's fund values. He says they included excessive alcoholism and promiscuity. The court ruled the employee was exercising his free expression by refusing to participate, which is true. But it happened in France. It's a French court that did that. What's, I guess he's not a libertine. Who knew? But they, according to the court of cassation, the company's fund values, they had all kinds of social events. People would get drunk. There was lots of stuff that happened. And they said that he did not want to participate. And so uh, he was viewed as not being fun. And... Uh, they dismissed him for it, and then the court found that they could not have actually dismissed him for this because he was extra. Can you believe that you have to act? Wow. 
Stay with us because we have more in store. We have some new Twitter updates as well. The EU is now threatening Twitter. Wait until you hear the latest next. Want a behind-the-scenes look at The Dana Show? Subscribe to Dana's Chapter and Verse newsletter for a deeper dive in all things Dana at danalash.com. That presents a problem for President Biden because he has embraced the woke or berserk wing of the Democratic Party. And woke ideology says we have to get rid of oil and gas in the United States. So President Biden has developed a new energy policy, and it is this. Instead of producing at a cheaper cost our own oil and gas in America, we're going to buy oil from foreign countries that hate us, in this case, Venezuela. So those foreign countries will have more money to buy weapons to try to kill us. It's a Maranathon. Oh, Maranathon is amazing. I was waiting for him to drop his buzzword. Y'all know who that is. That's Senator Kennedy from Louisiana. Welcome back. Dana Lash here with you. Bottom of our third hour this Wednesday. Wanted to share this with you because it's getting crazier, y'all. Getting crazier. So the latest comes from the EU. Twitter is being now they're threatening they're they're demanding the european union they're saying that elon musk twitter will be banned unless he follows their strict content moderation rules remember when they said that it was a private company but it's a private company it's a private company though uh so much for that so he has to basically censor everyone that they demand that he censor or what he's gonna they're gonna they're gonna shut it down this is just really amazing i was reading this piece over at substack it was somebody else's actually i think i put it in my uh links for you if i didn't i will i'm gonna double check but it was really fascinating and i think this is another way to look at this too and it said why it's called why some tech ceos are rooting for musk and it gets into how he uh basically just cut down the number of employees and cut down all the waste Real swiftly, real fast. The DEI movement lost control of Twitter. And the balance of power in the digital sphere between the right and the left has really shifted. Because it's now it's actually equal. And that's, I think, one of the other things that's involved in this. Because how DEI is a racket. That is a huge industry. That What is it? The diversity, idiots, inclusion, what? I don't even remember anymore. Nobody cares. It's the CRT stuff. And I love this, this line from it. It says, for executives who've been looking for an excuse to stop pretending that they care about diversity issues, Musk seemed to be providing huge inspiration. Now, the piece did not say this as it, because they think that there's... That they sh- that you shouldn't care about this, or that it's bad, or that 
uh, oh, he doesn't care about these issues. It's that people are, are acting, they're, they're saying that issues exist where none exist. And that's not a universal statement, but it's, you know, pretty, it's, it, it's become a whole industry where now you have these, you know, DEI executives and they're, they're, that's also a lot of the overhead now for the, a lot of these, a lot of these companies. And there are a lot of CEOs, people are, I mean, the fact that he, that there were people who were protesting him because he was demanding that they work full work days and that he uh, cut their 13 million, was it really a year? $13 million a year free meals. He quit coddling them. That, That, I mean, all these other executives were watching that for sure. All these employees that have been so opinionated about their workspaces. So there's something to that. I do think that CEOs are really enviously watching what's happening because he is actually making the business work. There hasn't been a drop off. All these people go, well, look at the advertising. That's because you trolls harass people into pulling their dollars because you're fascists. And that is the textbook example definition of fascism, what you were doing. Anyone who doesn't bend a knee to your idiotic ideology must be drummed out of the public sphere. You people are the fascists. For instance, somebody noted uh, this was over at uh, Strategery. If Twitter can cut their workforce workforce by two-thirds or more if you include contractors, then investors are going to start asking a lot of questions about how many employees other tech companies or companies really have after all of this. And that's true. I mean, he's really redefining company structure. And so a lot of CEOs are looking at this. And that makes them nervous. And that's a huge part of this, too, I think. And for the EU to make this threat, this is just, it's asinine. For the EU to say this, you know, of a private company, well, bye, then go ahead and come up with your own platform. Come up with your own platform, then. Your rules on speech are stupid. Just do it like that. Or acclimate. You know, you have a, I think, one of the really awesome advantages of digital media. And that when you look at Facebook and Twitter, it's all originated in the United States. I mean, think about all the services that were created here in the United States. With that, with the use of those digital services, tyrants are always concerned about the exportation of that animating spirit of liberty. Hmm. Because it's kind of hard to hide that, right? They want to get a control on that. This is why this is more than just a Musk, about Musk, and it's more than just about Twitter. This idea of a giant international public square, this isn't a globalist thing. This is just a speech thing. It is very threatening to people who want to maintain control. They need to maintain control through the siloing of different people. They have to maintain control of these platforms. And this has really upended a lot of that. It is a, it's in many ways, it's a, it's a digital cold war in speech. And that's, they're, they're, they're infuriated. 
Twitter is going to also increase video file size limit to 40 gigs and duration limit to two hours for Twitter Blue subscribers. Who's going to watch a two, that long of a video on Twitter? I mean, I don't know why they're doing that, but okay. Go ahead. I, I'm not going to complain about the Twitter Blue thing anymore. You know why? Because all these people have been such jerks that go ahead and you get your money. Go ahead. And I see all the people blasting Twitter who paid $8 for that damn check mark. I see all of those frauds out there. All these people on the left ranting and raving. It's, it is, it's comical. But this is so much about, this is, it's about speech. That is pretty, it's, it, that's, it, he came out with, I, I put this in your email prep. Let me pull this up. He, um, it's in the left's McClintock effect over Twitter. They started publishing transparency reports showing just how much oppression and censorship was taking place by request of the administration, which they've repeatedly, by the way, they've repeatedly admitted. You know, Moby, that guy, the bald guy from the 90s, he came out. I started the piece off with one of the most honest things I've ever said, one of the most honest reviews ever given by anyone in music or on music. Moby, the guy who, who I don't even know any of his stuff anymore. The mind behind such audible turds as that one song where he repeats a lyric ad nauseum and plasters it with layer upon layer of programmed drums and then sprays it all over with what sounds like royalty-free Soundforge diarrhea. He wants you to know that he's leaving Twitter. It's true. You know you're right. You're, 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 or I'm right. You know this is right. He got mad because of what uh, Elon Musk posted. He, he did my bedside table. We talked about that where he had uh, uh, rep- a replica flintlock with the picture of uh, Washington crossing the Delaware. And uh, he also had a, a, a game gun, like a, um, what was it from? Does X the uh, Magnum. And by the way, the, the game gun that he had on his nightstand didn't even have a trigger, you morons. Also, the cylinders aren't hollow. You can't even put anything in, in there. There's nothing in the, ch- the chamber's full. It's a chunk of... of of metal you can't put anything in there and they and they were freaking out and so moby was one of them that did it and he had said that uh what was it he said this will be my last tweet elon musk posted an posted an alt-right anti-semitic meme a fake cnn story and an image of guns on his bedside table Twitter has become a cesspool of racism, anti-semitism, disinformation, dim-witted alt-right hate and it's time to leave well first off even the adl debunked the whole Pepe the Frog thing. That damn frog has been around forever. The early aughts, actually. And even the ADL said, this is back when someone else said that that meme was, they're like, no, 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 everybody has used that frog for literally everything. Stop it. And then he shared a satire about uh, CNN, and then CNN, their PR people, tried to fact check it, which was ridiculous. Anything that they can't control is, is hate. That's the problem with the left. Ever, I mean, it's, it's, look, Musk is not a perfect person, and I definitely would not describe him as a conservative in our constitutional republic sense. But what he is doing, forcing Twitter to act as a facilitator as opposed to an agent of state, is important. And I think that there is an allyship there in that fight. 
What you're seeing is the left freaking out because they wanted to be able to control how to conversation, period. They wanted to control it. And now they're freaking out. There's nothing new on Twitter that hasn't been on Twitter since before he took over. Most of the hate I saw came from the left and it was under Jack Dorsey. So this idea that because people that you dislike are not being suspended for opinions you dislike, that doesn't mean that that's hate. It doesn't mean anything other than you're a fascist. That's all there is to it. I don't know. CNN apparently is just now, they sent an all staff note that layoffs are underway. Dun, dun, dun. They're notifying all impacted employees today. They said that those being notified are largely paid contributors. Oh my gosh, I wonder how many of those are going to be of the uh, fake Republican variety. Mm, Shed a tear. We uh, have more to come as we wrap up this third hour of our programming. And I still have, let me tell you, I'll I'll tell you what's coming up. The Netherlands, they're they're telling farmers to stop growing food. We're going to talk about that. Listen to The Dana Show live on the Odyssey app, weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Some sad news today. This is one of my favorite songs, too, Fleetwood Mac. Co-writing credit for Christine McVie. Her biggest hit was uh, Don't Stop, but this one's just so great. All of them are. She's passed away, age 79, just announced by Fleetwood Mac 24 minutes ago. They said in a statement, quote, There are no words to describe our sadness at the passing of Christine McVie. She was truly one of a kind, special and talented beyond measure. She was the best musician anyone could have in their band and the best friend anyone could have in their life. We are lucky to have a life with her individually and together. We cherished Christine deeply and are thankful for the amazing memories we have. She will be very missed from Fleetwood Mac. And 79 years, 79 years old. Oh, my gosh. Time needs to stop. But she was uh, she was so great with harmony. I mean, there's a lot to say, but man, that's uh, rest in peace. That's uh, some sad news there. And some crazy news. I told you that we were going to discuss this. This weird issue with what they're telling uh, farmers in the Netherlands. They're saying, no, don't, don't, don't farm. Just stop. And it's all because of the EU and their ESG, the whole ESG thing. I'm pulling up this. This story, it's under, I have, a, I have some energy headlines to talk about. But they're apparently going to close up to 3,000 farms, all to comply with EU rules. And they're buying up, closing them down in environmentally sensitive areas because they want to comply, they said, with EU nature preservation rules. So they're trying to cut down on its nitrogen pollution, and it's a compulsory purchase. If not enough farms take up the offer, quote unquote, voluntarily, then they're going to do it. They're going to do it by force. They're going to offer be offered a deal well over the worth of their farm, according to the government plan, I'm sure. And earlier leaked versions of the plan put the figure at about 120% of the farm's value, but that figure has yet to be confirmed by ministers. What are people supposed to do for their livelihoods after if they're forced to sell their farm? And that's what they do. This is just asinine. And these farmers, they've, they've, these are some of the mass protests that you have seen. You know, the ones with the, involving the tractors? 
while Tractor Supply in Waco apparently gets involved with the Drag Queen All Ages Brunch Show, here you have actual tractor users in the Netherlands that are fighting for the li- their livelihoods and their farms because, you know, biodiversity of the environment, according to the EU's ESG rules. They're trying to stay in those good graces. It is unbelievable. Compulsory if they don't do it voluntarily. All right, Kane, today in stupidity. All right, Pentagon spokesperson John Kirby, he was on with uh, Fox and Friends this morning and talking about how China is marveling at how Biden withdrew from Afghanistan. Yes, his, he actually said that. Listen to this. No, I did not. Uh, and I don't know that uh, that's the Pentagon's assessment that it was a propaganda gift uh, to, to China. If anything, uh, nations like China and Russia took a look at what we did in Afghanistan. And we've talked about this many, many times over the last year uh, and, I, and had to marvel uh, at the speed, the efficiency of the effectiveness uh, that oh, a very please. small number, a very small <laughs> number of troops. Brian, you listen to me now. Brian Kilmeade me was pushing back and rightfully so, because there was nothing to marvel no nothing to effort. marvel about at all folks that does it for us today make sure you sign up for chapter and verse over at Substack, and you can find us on facebook and youtube like and subscribe i will be back with you behind the mic tomorrow have a great night